0: Telecast.
1: Hi, I'm Justin Crosby and welcome to another Telecast. This week, we're taking another look at the top 10 best AI tools on the market for TV and content producers. And I'm delighted to welcome back Jason Mitchell, boss of UK Indie, The Connected Set, to run us through an updated list. Welcome
0: back to the show, Jason. Thank you, Justin. It's great to be here. You've been busy been all around the world, I've seen, talking about AI. Yes, yeah, so I'm just back from Content America's in Miami, and we have a, a AI academy coming up in a couple of months as well. So it is it is busy. We're in demand.
1: All <laughs> right, excellent. So the last time we spoke about AI in TV and content industry production was back in September. And four months, you know, a lot's happened. We've got a list of the top 10 that we're going to whistle through now, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Overall, have you seen have you seen a, a a whole load of new tools being developed over the last and launched over the last uh, four months or so? Or you've just are you just coming across new tools that you're thinking actually that's really good?
0: A lot of tools have come out of beta that were you know previously kind of you know behind um, you know where you had to sign up and uh, wait for them to be released to the world. Um, there's a few tools as well which have disappeared. Um, I think you know things come and go. Um, but, yeah, it feels like, you know, every, every month there's, a, a, you know, at least a dozen new tools that um, have come out. And, in fact, the stuff we were talking about, you know, four months ago, a lot of that feels irrelevant now, actually. It's moved on. So, um, yeah, it's a good time to be uh, refreshing everyone and what's available. Yeah, it's a fast-moving space. Okay, well, without
1: further ado, let's start at number 10. What's your number 10 top tools for content industry producers?
0: Cool. So at number 10, um, I I've picked a tool called Topaz Labs. Um, and this is basically photo and video enhancement software. It kind of brings some of the tricks that are used by Hollywood studios, but at, you know, less than Hollywood prices. There's kind of three things it does that I think is particularly exciting. Um, so one is they've got this mode called ultra smooth. And basically what you can do is take footage and slow it down by up to 16 times. And what it does is create the frames that are missing in between those shots. So, um, you know, and, and it's it's really quite incredible at how it kind of does that, imagining what would have been in those gaps. Um, then there's also an ultra sharp mode and that actually allows you to up res footage. So by up to eight times, so you could take something really low res and it will sharpen it for you, um, which is, you know, very, very handy, particularly if you've got old footage that's shot in SD. Um, and then the other one is ultra steady. So it takes kind of, You know, maybe footage that has um, kind of issues with steadiness. Let's say you're shooting a wildlife dock and there's a, you know, a bird in the frame that's uh, kind of moving around on a twig. It can just kind of stabilize that for you. So, you know, really clever tools. Um, and actually, really affordable. It's about just under three hundred dollars for a year, which I think, you know, given how much, how many tens of thousands this would have cost before, is pretty remarkable.
1: And do, does it is it effective in the sense that if you shoot on a uh, a lesser quality camera, you can rely on it to actually upgrade to us to to a certain extent.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not sure what a broadcaster would say, you know, if if you were relying on it, but you know, it can get you out of a hole. I mean, I'd always recommend shoot. The resolution you need but if you know you've got a problem with some footage it's a really good way of of you know solving some of those issues
1: all right weapons grade
0: image enhancement then it is all <laughs> right. okay how about number nine okay number nine is opus pro um i know this is something you use justin um giving away your trade secrets sorry about that <laughs> um but you know promoting our shows has never been more important and this is a tool that you can use to create all of those social clips automatically. So it's really cool. What you do is you upload your footage. So let's say I've got a one-hour show. I upload it into the into the um, software, and it will output ten suggestions of social clips for me. Um, so it'll give it titles. It can subtitle it. Um, uh, but also, what's what I think is really interesting is it kind of gives you a social score. So it says how well it thinks those clips are going to do. So obviously you can go through, watch them and, you know, come to your own decision about whether to post them. It also reversions them into all of the kind of orientations you might need for TikTok, Instagram, um, Facebook, etc., cetera, YouTube. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of takes away a lot of that hassle of selecting the clips for you. So a really, a really cool tool, I'd say. Yeah,
1: I use this all the time. So anytime you see telecast clips... On YouTube or any of the social networks that are vertical, they're basically created by Opus Pro. The great thing I find about this is that you can actually create your own brand within there. You can upload your own branding so it can, can frame your screen. Uh, you can actually go in and edit uh, a lot of the copy that that it also pulls out because it transcribes every clip as well. Yeah, it's the one tool that I've invested in and gone Gone right in and said, "Okay, I'm having the annual subscription for this because uh, I use it all the time and it's uh, it's brilliant. All you need to do is t- is, is paste in the uh, YouTube address as well or upload the clip as well. But uh, and by the way, I'm not on commission. Uh, this is no, there's no affiliate links. Um, but and it's the, just a very useful tool.
0: And the annual subscription is how much? I think it's like what 200 bucks or something. It's, yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. it's a, it's a bit more than that. I think I actually can't remember. But it, if you're using it a lot, if you're publishing uh, content for, for social networks regularly, then it's, it's, it's really, you know, it it pays itself back very, very quickly and it takes so much time. I would no way I'd be able to, uh, use my content on YouTube shorts and, uh, Instagram and a lot of the short form clips. I'd never have the time to be able to do that. So I
0: I know as well, there is a free trial. So if you just want to like play with it, I think you can use it for seven days for free. The only thing you have to be careful of is at the end of those seven days, it deletes everything you've uploaded. So just make sure if you're. Using those seven days to download the end results before it's deleted. All right, Opus Pro at number nine. How about number eight? Cool. So number eight is a tool called Supernormal. Um, now I don't know about you, but like writing up the notes from meetings is you know a hellish um, waste of time. And so this is essentially a plugin for all of those video conferencing tools that we all use, whether it's Google or Zoom or MS Teams. Um, now. Obviously, a lot of these tools already have a transcription tool in them, so it can write, you know, it can transcribe what you're saying. Where this takes it one step further is it also listens out for kind of what you've agreed are action points and allocates them to people. So, you know, if I say in the meeting, okay, I'll contact X presenter, at the end we'll get minutes telling us these are the agreed actions. So um, it's great for that, for kind of accountability, for allocating actions, for tracking actions as well. Um, so yeah, takes all of the pain out of of writing minutes. Yeah,
1: and what you know, remembering what what I promised to do
0: in that meeting. <laughs> yes, you definitely are held to account. So, um, but you know, it's a, it's about nineteen dollars a month. Um, so I think it's a really good investment. Um, you know, saves having someone on the team spending an hour after the call writing up. You know what was agreed. All right, that's super normal. How about number seven? Number seven um, is one for. The lawyers or the people who don't like lawyers, uh, possibly, and it's called Spellbook, and this is a legal AI. So basically, it's a um, tool that's been trained on kind of thousands of legal texts to kind of look for all of the kind of common issues in contracts. So what you can do is upload your contract that you need to be reviewed, um, and essentially, it will um, it, it kind of integrates with Microsoft Word, and it can do a number of things. So. Once you've uploaded your document, you can say things like, um, you know, suggest language, um, legal language to help me kind of redraft this contract. Um, you can ask it to look and flag clauses that are perhaps quite aggressive and might get you in trouble. Um, you can ask it to kind of translate text into plain English, which is an issue that I often find with contracts is like, what do moral rights mean? Or, you know, kind of what, you know, what do all these indemnities mean? So it will kind of tell you in. Simple to understand layman's terms, what that means. It can also give you negotiation tips, which is pretty cool. So it will suggest, oh, you know, this is an area that commonly people push back on. And also, if there's missing information. So sometimes when people, you know, draft contracts, they leave things out that they, you know, that they're going to put in later, but it will flag those for you. So it's a really, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's instead of a lawyer necessarily, but it, you know, if you're paying 400 pounds an hour for legal advice, why not do that first bit of the work yourself? Before you get the lawyer to look at it, and you've already kind of said these are the things I want you to focus on.
1: So this is mainly mainly a tool for checking a contract that that you've been issued with, essentially. Well, okay. it
0: can it can help you write a contract as well. So you, for example, you can say you can write um, write me a uh, indemnity clause, and it will you know and you can and it will basically generate the indemnity clause for you. Obviously, you need to get it checked over, but um, yeah, it, it can both read and write contracts.
1: And would this be in U.S. law terminology or U.K.?
0: Yeah, it says it can do both countries. I think it's better for U.S., actually. Um, but I think, you know, over time it will get better with U.K. law. But, yes, it is much more U.S. than U.K. at the moment. But, you know, as TV producers, we are working in a, a, you know, a global content industry. So a lot of what we're looking at are U.S. contracts anyway. Um, and particularly the U.S. lawyers are much more expensive than the British ones, in my experience. So, you know, it help, help you save a few... You know, quid along the way, I can feel the temple area
1: of London shaking from here well at the, uh, at the you know the, but but I guess you know they must be using AI as well. I mean, a lot of law firms must be using it all the time.
0: I mean I think this tool is probably primarily for lawyers, but the thing is obviously non lawyers want to use it as well, so I'd imagine they are using it, and you know, like a lot of AI I think hopefully this is getting rid of the kind of grunt work that's almost a waste of money. Because really what you want from your lawyer surely is like the more kind of creative applications of the law to help you, you know. You want from, the expertise and the added value
1: rather than yeah. just, you know,
0: somebody sat in a room drafting something. But, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, actually this could be quite helpful to lawyers, not just producers. All right. Okay. That's a that's a good one. Okay. Number six. Okay. So number six. um, This is not a tool that I have personally used, but I did want to chuck it in because I'm conscious, because I'm an unscripted producer, um, and probably a lot of people who make dramas are thinking, is there anything out there that can help me? And there's one tool I've found um, that I think looks really good, but uh, as I said, I haven't played with it yet, um, but I'd love to hear from producers if if anyone has used it. Um, It's called Film You Stage, and basically what it does, um, it allows um, producers of scripted projects to upload their script and essentially the tool reads through the script and, ca- and can basically generate all kinds of lists. So you could be like, tell me every costume, you know, in the in the drama that we're gonna need, and you can provide that list to your costume department, or give us a list of locations um, that we need to film in, or you know, break down in a, an entire list of every prop that's used across the you know the series so you could give that to your art department. Um, or it can al- also give you kind of suggested shooting orders. That, so let's say, you know, you shoot scene one in a kitchen and scene nine in a kitchen. Why not shoot scene one and nine together? So it can kind of generate lists of here's an efficient way to shoot this um, without kind of resetting between locations. So it's just, a, it's just a useful tool for kind of analyzing your script. And it's relatively cheap as well. It's like, I think, 59 bucks for a script. So wow. yeah.
1: Okay. And uh, presumably this would be something that head of production might
0: use as a... That's a shortcut, essentially. I would imagine, yes. It's probably one for the production managers, yeah, to, to right. make their lives easier. All right. Okay, that's film, you stage. Uh, number five. So number five is called Looker at AI. Um, this is a logo creation tool. I wouldn't say, you know, the logos are kind of broadcast-ready, you know, perfectly formed TV show logos – But, you know, sometimes you just want something, you know, that's kind of good enough for maybe a quick, you know, you're putting together a deck quickly or um, you want, or even something you can brief to your designer and kind of a a bit like this. So essentially it's an AI for creating logos. What you do is you kind of type in the name of your show um, or or whatever you want to create. It doesn't have to be a show. Um, And you select a few logos. It will generate a few logos and you say, oh, I like this and I like this and I like this. You kind of tell it some of the colors you like, you kind of give it some parameters and then it will generate original logos for you and then you can go in and modify them um you can download vector files pngs you can play around with them so it's just a, it's just a cool way of getting a quick logo essentially
1: yeah it could be i could see the way that's used in in drama or when you're actually looking to create a uh, a a sort of uh, a fake newspaper or a, or a, a- a coffee brand or something like that yeah. for, for the show okay
0: so also sometimes i think and i this is me giving away a trade secret but um sometimes ai can be really useful for responding to clients that maybe you don't really want to respond to but you feel you have to there are some of those commissioners out there that we deal with and you know using some of these tools can be a way of kind of getting back to them quite quickly but not having to put in as much effort as you would for your favorite clients so yeah (laughs) okay nice shortcut there excellent okay and how about number four so number four is called paper cup um this is a foreign language dubbing service and what i like about this one there's lots of dubbing services out there but this one um is I think really good. Like it's got an element of human quality control. I'm not quite sure how it works, whether they're manually checking the outputs, but it's definitely noticeably better than other services. And um, I think it's an exciting tool because, for example, if you run a YouTube channel, which we do, um, and all of our content is English language, well, now in YouTube, you can basically have a kind of multi-language mode. So even though it's the same URL for the clip. You know, you can select, I want it in Portuguese or Spanish you'd, rather than having a custom link for that, for that language. Um, so what we, when we look at paper cup, we kind of use it to essentially create different versions of the same clip and then you can upload them into YouTube and it just increases your audience. Because obviously if you're capturing a Spanish audience or a Portuguese audience, you know, that's so- really
1: interesting. So I always thought that YouTube might be, you know, if you were viewing a clip from, Portugal or a UK-based clip, then it would automatically
0: it'll automatically subtitle it. It will subtitle, but it won't play a different video, you know, with different sound in it. So, and and you know, what what producers used to do in the past was set up, you know, their brand and then Espanol and then do Spanish versions, or you know, whereas now actually this means you can essentially have one master brand and then different language versions audio-wise on that same link. Right. Okay. And is it just one output at a time, or can you tell it to? So you can do multiple languages. I think they've got about six languages so far. So it's it's a lot of the big languages. It includes Hindi, which is quite interesting. Um, But you have to pay for each language. So it's you know the more languages you do, the more expensive it is. So generally, as a YouTube producer, you want to look at where are your biggest markets. So for us, with our YouTube channel, mashed. You know, we get a lot of Spanish and Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese um, speakers. So th- that would be like target languages for us, whereas, you know, Hindi or German, probably not so important to us.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, that's uh, that's maybe one for me to look at for uh, taking Telecast to Latama, uh, which I've indeed. always been thinking of. Too. Okay. Number three is a familiar one.
0: Yeah, so you, uh, number three is Descript. Um, I'm sure you've used it and lots of people have used it for things like subtitles and transcription and various other tools. But I just wanted to highlight one tool that I think is really cool and it's called Eyeline Contact. Um, So essentially, it's, it's just a setting within Descript where if you've got footage and someone, um, their eyeline is wrong. So let's say I'm looking down at the table and I want to have my eyes looking into the camera, you can basically click the setting, and it will move the eyes into the camera. There's definitely been times where we've shot interviews and the eyeline's been wrong and, you know, you it's the kind of tool you'd like to use to make your life easier. I'm not sure broadcasters are quite there yet with, like, allowing people to mess with footage in that way. But um, certainly in dramas, I don't see why you couldn't use it or on a podcast. So
1: Yeah, all right. Well, uh, maybe have a have a play with that one as well. Okay, so we're down to number two.
0: So number two is, um, and I'm sure everyone's used ChatGPT already, but they've just launched, um, it was about a month ago, a thing called GPTs. And these are essentially custom chatbots. So you think, think of it as like building your own chatbot that's personal to you, that can do whatever task you want it to do, that you could then share with your colleagues, perhaps, or, or friends, or you could even publish it to the kind of wider web and people would come in and kind of have this custom experience. So I'm I'm probably, I should probably explain it by giving an example or two. Um, so for example, and I, I, you know, I've been playing with this, you know, we've been running for 12 years as a production company and we've got, you know, probably hundreds of treatments that never went anywhere. Um, and a few that did as well. Um, but they're all written in my tone of voice, and so what I could do with this is create my own chatbot that mimics my tone of voice in terms of writing. So I could upload all of those old treatments; it could read them, it could get the sense of how I how I talk, how I how you know how I write, and then when it generates answers for me to questions, it will always do it in my tone of voice. So it would be a way of you know improving my process my, sorry, processes as a writer. Um, another example would be. You know, I was thinking about all of the content that journalists have produced over the years, like Broadcast or C21 or, um, you know, K7 Media. Imagine if they built their own chatbot and you could go in and say, you know, tell me five Korean dating shows that rated well and that have subsequently sold to Europe. And it would search all of that database so it's like a private chatbot essentially which they could then charge for that service Mm. or a final example would be bbc editorial policy you know we all have those calls where the person's telling you the rules why not just build a chatbot that you can say you know can this person wear this political symbol on their t-shirt when they're presenting the show the answer is no you know so You can see how you know these custom chatbots, which are kind of private, could be really helpful in productivity. So they're
1: they're based on a limited amount of information, a gated amount of information. Yeah,
0: well, they're limited. They're based on the information you give it, and then you can also tell it you can search the wider web as well. But the limited information you put in is kind of private to you, so it's not going to then train on that data, you know, elsewhere. So you're you're kind of protecting your data, your proprietary data, but you're also allowing it to um, kind of pull inspiration from the web as well. Yeah,
1: those so. are, that's a really really good example of industry intelligence. Actually, that yeah. you can use it for. So uh, interesting. All right, and now drum roll for number one, which is the number one that you've chosen, Jason, for right now.
0: Well, my number one is um, a tool that. really exciting it can do a lot of stuff now but it's also promising to do a lot in the future um so it can't do everything And, and i remember when i was here in september we were talking about duet ai which was the google tool and it was kind of the most like futuristic tool well this is a kind of similar thing for adobe um so it's adobe firefly and this is a tool that you can use with photoshop premiere um motion all of their kind of adobe tools and it's kind of bringing generative AI essentially to all of those design and editing and other kind of creative tasks we do. So um it's a really cool concept video, which I'd encourage people to watch the whole thing, but to give a, a few examples. So things it can do now, things like generative fill. So that's in Photoshop. You say, I've got a picture of Justin, like um, I want you to put glasses on him and put a crown on him. And, you know, it will do it in a really non-destructive way. So it won't Mess up the image, it won't look weird. It will look really convincing. Um, So it's a really cool tool for like just adding things, taking things away. Um, Another one, you know, text to image. So you can just type in, I want an image of this, a bit like you can in, you know, um, many of those image generator tools. And is this sourcing? Because I know Adobe
1: also have their own um, uh, image library, massive image library. So presumably it's sourcing that great quality. Uh, image source material to, uh, yeah, to create.
0: Yeah, a big differentiator with Adobe is that they're kind of like, a, a, they position themselves as being, you know, a, a friend of the creative community. They don't use, they don't train their models on, cop, on kind of other people's copyrighted material. It's trained on their own stuff. Um, so that's a benefit as well is that whether they indemnify you or not, I'm not sure, but at least, you know, you've got a bit more confidence that what they're creating is not, built on the labor of someone else that they've stolen from um you know in terms of where it's going you know those are pretty basic functions but in the future you know you write a script and it will generate storyboards for you um or you know it will automatically select b-roll for you so again it's like a super app of ai for kind of creative tools essentially um it's a very very cool tool
1: and it's and it's it's a certain quality because we've we've seen i think a lot of people have you know Gone in and have a had a play with various uh, uh, various AI tools and trying to get text to image, and then you've got you know the person with six fingers or uh, the really strange the kind eyes, of like uh, the eyes and, yeah. the, and the the general colouring. But what we're saying here is Adobe have created something that's a much higher quality. Because obviously it's, it's got its source material as being very high quality to begin with.
0: It's high quality. I wouldn't necessarily say it's better than, say, mid-journey. It's probably about the same, but what it is is um, not built on other people's work. So it's a bit more of an ethical choice um, and probably less likely to scare broadcasters if you're working for broadcast clients, and they're obviously going to be concerned about the uh, origins of that work. So um and also you know lots of obviously us in the creative community use adobe already so in that regard it's a kind of something that's familiar to us um it's included with our subscription i think you get 25 credits a month to generate stuff so it's not going to cost you anything else and then if you go above those 25 credits you just buy more credits kind of like arcade tokens uh so yeah it's a good you know it's a good starting place
1: Fantastic. Okay, and I, I've got one tip as well that I came across the other day for text generation, which is within Canva, which is probably the last t- uh, uh, place you might imagine. But I found uh, that Magic Write function within Canva is really, really good, and actually much better for generating and redrafting copy than Bard, for example, or Jasper, or one or two of the others. But that's a yeah. that's a free tip. If you've got uh, if you if you've got Canva
0: already, there's some amazing functionality with that as well yeah i really need to play with canva actually i feel in that in that regard i feel like a bit of a dinosaur because lots of people i know in our industry do use canva and i, I never have so um i'm going to try that out yeah. after this
1: <laughs> brilliant well there we go you've given me 10 great ideas maybe there's mm-hmm. one that i've given you to jason thank you so much okay. for coming in again um always really enjoy our rundowns of uh of the latest tools and, you know, listeners or anybody at home, if you've got some other tools, just, you know, let us know in the comments or send us through some more suggestions and we'll maybe incorporate those in into our next time when maybe you can come in another four months and uh, we'll do it all again. <laughs> no Jason, problem. thank you so much for coming on Telecast. Thank you. Well, that's about it for this week's show. As ever, thanks a lot for listening. You can check out video versions of all of our recent shows on our YouTube channel, Telecast TV. Just search Telecast on YouTube and click subscribe. Telecast was produced by Spirit Studios and recorded in London. Next week, we have a new Telecast feature called Leaders in TV, where I meet the most senior industry executives and delve into their backgrounds, their leadership styles, and the decisions that have shaped their careers. We're kicking off with Chief Executive at Banerjee Rights, Cathy Payne. Until then, stay safe.